0: Hi, this is Pastor Brittany Isaac from Urban Village Church Chicago. We are a church that is bold, inclusive, and relevant. I know that many of you out there are hungry for a gospel message of healing and wholeness, a message that leads to a life transformed by Christ. I hope that this podcast does just that, and if it does, would you please consider making a financial gift that will support this gospel-inclusive ministry? You could do that by going to urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks so much and have a blessed day.
1: And now let us read scripture from Mark 5 25 to 34. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians. had gone forth from him. Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.
0: One, how are y'all? Uh, the first thing I want to say is uh, just a thank you to Cody for being so vulnerable and sharing. Uh, we get to hear stories week after week of um, people who have experienced loss and suffering and it's sadness and it's just, um, It's just a blessing to hear that week after week and to realize that we're not alone in our brokenness. So thank you, Cody, for being vulnerable. I also want to wish everybody that is a mother or has aspired to be a mother or has mothered those around us a happy Mother's Day. Um, And um, yeah, I just want to say that. And finally, uh, will you join me in prayer? God for the gift of the city that is bustling and teeming with activity, I give you thanks for the gift of the people in this room who long to be connected more closely to you, who long to know how your story enfolds in their story, I give you thanks. And for your holy scriptures, that show us who you are and what you desire for us, I give you thanks. May my words today that come from my mouth cast a vision of who you are and what you are calling us to. May they be acceptable and joyful and full of your story. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Also, does everybody not love the background? I I wanna start coordinating my outfits with it or something. So when I was in seminary, uh, one of the premier scholars of disability theology at the time taught at my school. Now, unfortunately, I never had a class with her because uh, the year that I had to take my sociology of religion course, which is what she taught, um, she was on leave for a medical issue And so I wasn't able to learn from her, but I knew her story. Her name uh, was Dr. Nancy Eastland, and she was born with a congenital bone condition and with spinal scoliosis. Operations to begin remedying her um, condition started when she was a toddler. And by the time she was 13 years old, she had had um, 11 operations to try to fix this congenital bone defect in her hips. And it was at that point uh, as a 13-year-old that she realized that she would experience pain in her body for the rest of her life, that that would be a lifelong constant thing for her, pain. During her early childhood, her parents began to take her to a faith healer in hopes that the faith healer could provide a cure to this congenital condition. And as a person of faith, I can understand the draw to that. Uh, we read story after story of, of Jesus providing physical healing to people who have had some sort of plague in their body, whether it be hemorrhaging like the woman that we read in scripture today, or someone who is blind, or someone who cannot walk, or um, a number of ailments, leprosy. We see Jesus reach out and heal the person of their physical ailment. And so as a follower of Christ, then of course I want to believe that this is possible. And I do think it's possible. I just think it's a lot more rare than we want it to be. Miracles happen. The reason they're called miracles is because they don't happen very often, right? Then though, I also understand the need for a faith healer because as a parent... I would do anything to take away the pain of my child. To see someone you love suffering, of course you would turn over every stone, no matter how seemingly impossible it was. The problem is that oftentimes, the majority of times, faith healers do not provide physical healing. And Actually, I think they cause more harm sometimes because they end up causing a lot of emotional and spiritual pain in the process of not healing. So to begin with, part of the problem is that there's this assumption that the body, that something is wrong with the body and that it needs to be fixed. It's naming that the body is not perfect in whatever way, right? And so there's a lot of shame wrapped up in that. If you have a body that you, ha- that the body that you have is not perfect. And then when, when you don't get healed, there's shame. Is it spiritual shame? Maybe because maybe you feel like your faith wasn't strong enough or you didn't pray hard enough. You know what I'm saying? It can cause a lot of harm. It's a shaming message, um, and it assumes that our bodies have to look a certain way and behave a certain way in order for us to love them. All of this hurt and pain with our bodies I want to call dis-ease. We all carry dis-ease with our bodies because we have this idea that our bodies should be Perfect, and that they should behave in a certain way and, um, and work a certain way. And this perception that we carry around um, is causing harm to us, right? We're suffering from it. We're suffering from the dis-ease. So I just want to name a couple of things about our bodies that we, we think should be, and then I'm gonna ask you guys to add in, that we should fix if it's not right. Our bodies should be slender, right? But not too slender. Yeah? Our bodies should have a T-cell count that is above 1,000. Our bodies, we should never feel depressed or anxious. That's a message we hear. Women should be able to conceive and carry children without a problem. Men should be able to always have an erection. I wanted to make sure there were no children when I said that. I mean, think about all the commercials you hear over that, right? We should be able to walk unaided. There should never be cancer cells in our body. Our skin should be white. What are some other things that we see that we oh, that we 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 connect with our bodies? Things that aren't right but that we that we like absorb and hold shame. Yeah. Our body has look a certain way to be labeled as boy, Yes. Our body should look a certain way to be labeled as a boy or girl. Or otherwise. Or otherwise,
1: yeah. The chemicals in my brain should be regulated
0: themselves. The chemicals in my brain should regulate themselves. What else? Somebody said this morning you should have straight hair. What else? Come on. There's, there's more. Yeah, just yell them out.
1: If you look at the magazine, you should be
0: muscular and toned. You should be muscular and toned. Yeah. No stretch marks. There should be no stretch marks. Even though you should be able to conceive and bear children, you shouldn't, nobody should know that that happened afterwards. Yep. You should have a big butt. But not too big. Yeah. You should have beautiful teeth. What else? You should never be exhausted or tired. Your body should just be able to handle it all. 'all, Y'all, you know what this is? It's a list that will cause you to should all over yourself. You are shoulding all over yourself with that list. We do it every day, don't we? We wake up and we think, I should this, I should that, my body should be this, my body should be that. We all carry dis-ease with our bodies. And, okay, so my message could be, stop it. The gospel message is, stop it, stop doing that. But that's a lot easier said than done, right? We may intellectually know, oh yeah, I shouldn't have issues with my body. We may, think, we may hear the title of our sermon series, Our Bodies, Our Faith, and think, oh yeah, that's great for other people. Everybody should feel good about their bodies. But how are we feeling in our gut, and in our heart, about our bodies? I, uh, I think that the dis-ease, the shame of our bodies is so deep within us that it takes significant work to be in touch with it and to be healed from it. I shared with you all uh, probably about a year ago that I have had um, a history of infertility. Uh, over the years, I've done six IUI attempts back back a long time ago and um, in the last couple of years, seven IVF cycles, all of which, well, um, which have mostly resulted in no pregnancy and a couple of them resulted in a pregnancy that eventually ended in a loss. Those times of, of trying to get pregnant and of hearing the bad news that I wasn't pregnant or eventually hearing that I had lost the pregnancy, oh man, they were full of extreme grief. But if you would have asked me if I felt shame about it, if I felt shame over my body, I would have said, no, of course not. I know, I know logically that there's nothing I can do. Like, preg- I mean, it's like, sure, you can try to eat healthy and stuff, but at the end of the day, there's nothing you can do to control if you get pregnant or not. Well, maybe the not part with <laughs> safe sex, but it's another sermon. That was Jarrell's sermon. Um, LAUGHTER There's nothing you can do, right? And so I would I would have said, No, I understand. And it was true that I I did know that on one level, but as I began to do the grief work and processing work that I would never conceive and bear a child, I started to get in touch with this shame that I was holding to with this dis-ease over my body. And so I thought, okay, I'll process this um, by reading about other people's experiences of infertility and miscarriage. And the problem was that most of the, uh, the books that I found all kind of ended like our scripture passage today. They ended up with children bearing children the authors would uh, they would say something like this when i had a miscarriage i was devastated and the sorrow was overwhelming and i didn't know how i could go on and i thought yes she she gets what i'm saying and then i would read another line and it would say something like but now i have a beautiful baby almost saying and it was all worth it i don't know what she said after that because i threw the book across the room How do I redeem my story about not getting pregnant or not sustaining a pregnancy? How do I make peace with the fact that I will never carry a child in my body? I was carrying a lot of shame, a lot of dis ease with myself. I offer this story, especially on Mother's Day, because I know that I'm not alone. I've talked with some of you all. And I know that you have had similar experiences. I also know that in the particular story is a universal story. And so even if your story is not infertility or pregnancy loss. You have a story of body shame. You have a story of dis-ease with your body. You are holding on to something deep within and it is plaguing you. And if for some miraculous reason you're not, I'm pretty sure you are, But if for some miraculous reason you have no issues with your body, then I will say just wait. (laughs) Dr. Eastland and her work, um, they sort of joked around and anybody that was able-bodied, they would say, she would say you're temporarily, temporarily able-bodied. Everybody at one point or another will have something break down or go wrong. And so how do we offer, what is, where's the healing in that? I, uh, I want to say, so as I had processed through this grief at one time, I was talking with my spiritual director and, and he said, I know that this sounds weird and it's not quite what I mean, but have you ever thought about forgiving yourself? And while I don't think that I had to forgive myself because it wasn't my control, I think I had to let go of the should. I had to stop shoulding all over myself and be okay with what I had. So, forgiveness isn't quite the right word, but you get what I'm saying, right? This is actually what Jesus does in this text. Oh, I want to I say one more thing about bodies and shame and dis-ease. And then I'll get to Jesus. I think that one way that we deal with the dis-ease of our body, with the shame of our body, is to disassociate from it. To forget, I mean, yeah, like we still bathe and we still have to take care of it, but to kind of neglect it in some way because we feel that it's not worthy. For me, this is a small example, but when I realized, okay, I'm not going to be trying to get pregnant anymore, I sort of stopped taking my multivitamin and my allergy pill at times. I'd only take it whatever. And that's just a small example of me like not connecting to my body, right? I would like to say that I stopped working out, but I never worked out to begin with, so. That didn't really change. No amens there? (laughs) Uh, You get what I'm saying, right? Disassociating from your body. But what Jesus does in this story is more than physically heal the woman. The woman actually, um, Jesus didn't even know he was healing the woman physically. Right? you read the story and see there's two healings in the story there's a physical healing and there's a spiritual emotional healing and physically you know so this woman she decides to cross the barriers of, of the time Of she's unclean because she has an issue with blood, she's a woman and so for all of those reasons she, she never should have touched Jesus but she took it upon herself and reached out and touched him and was physically healed and, and Jesus felt the power discharge from him. And he turned around and was like, who touched me? And his friends were like, Jesus, you're crazy. We're in a Lollapalooza crowd here. Like, everybody touched you, right? And he said, no. Someone touched me. And he kept looking around until he saw this woman who was healed come forward and in fear and trembling she knelt down before him and she told him what had happened and he says these words this is from the, it's actually my own translation from both the message and the NRSV he says daughter you took a risk of faith and now you are healed and whole live well be blessed Be healed of your disease. See, I hear that word disease, and I think of dis-ease. Be healed of your dis-ease. Be healed of your shame. I think this is the healing that Jesus offers us today and every day, and it will always happen. And we don't need a faith healer. We probably just need some good friends and a therapist. Small group. It is not a physical healing, it is an emotional and spiritual healing. Be healed of your dis-ease. Because y'all, our bodies are beautiful and broken. And anything but perfect. But they are gifts from God. We break the bread every week as a reminder that Christ's body was broken too. Cody talked about the wounds in Jesus, the risen Christ. We worship a God who is wounded in the resurrection and does not have any dis-ease with his body, but instead offers it openly. Our bodies don't need to be healed. In fact, the flawedness of our bodies can be a gift to the world. Just as Jesus' hands were a gift to us, Several years ago, I went to D.C. and I visited Gallaudet University, which is a university that is um, devoted to the education of the deaf and hard of hearing. It's, I think, the only university in the country like that. As we were touring the school, the um, guide showed us this kind of wall of fame of, for those who have disabilities, of, of the ways that people with disabilities, people with broken bodies, Imperfect bodies have been gifts to the world. And there were a lot of stories that I don't understand and lots of contributions to science and political life that I don't remember. But I do remember this story for some reason, because this isn't like a huge gift to the world, but it's still pretty cool, of the luge, um, the gift of the luge, the blind luge person. You know, that Olympic sport that like, it goes super fast um, just as an aside, I had a friend that went to the Olympics one time, and she got tickets to the luge, and she said it was like, "Okay, you know, that was it." So it's not a great, it's not a great um, event to see live. <laughs> um, but anyway, so this this uh, luger, uh was blind, and they realized uh, that he was able to. Um, he had really fast times and he was doing something that the sighted losers were not doing. And so they discovered, well, they knew already sighted losers would sort of be able to use their vision to to, to anticipate the curves, you know, and you I guess you like lean into them and stuff and um, could see like where the ice was maybe slicker and you do something with that with your body weight, I don't know. And so... Uh, this blind loser could not do that but somehow he was anticipating and and doing things better than the sighted and they realized it's because he was using auditory clues the pitch of the ice the the um he was using all of the other cues and it ended up he kind of revolutionized how they do the sport like now all losers use auditory cues to go faster isn't that cool So this, what society sees as a deficit or brokenness has become a gift. In 1994, uh, Dr. Eastland published a book called The Disabled God Toward a Liberatory Theology of Disability. And in this book, she shared how when she died, she hoped that she would still have all of her disabilities I have to say, she, she has died of cancer probably about 10 years ago. Um, that is a person who has no dis-ease with her body. That is a person who has no shame wrapped up in her body, but love and compassion. Because what are all the stories you hear? Like, Right, when I go to heaven, blah, blah, blah. It's all going to be perfect. But what she said is her identity and character, her very being, were formed by the mental and physical and societal challenges of her disability. Who she was was a direct result of her body and so she feared that if she did not have a disability she would not she would be absolutely unknown to herself and also perhaps to god isn't that a profound thought who we are in our bodies contribute to our mental physical and spiritual makeup Our bodies in all of their intricacies are beautiful gifts from God. The scripture says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And they are flawed. But your very identity is shaped by the relationship that you have with your body. So during communion today, I um, brought oil, and Jarrell will have oil. And if you would like To be healed of your dis-ease. I invite you to come forward. I do not promise a physical healing. But I invite you to come forward and I will, I or Jarell will put oil on your head and we will say live well. Live blessed. Be healed of your dis-ease. If you want a space of love and compassion, you got it. Because be it a low T-cell count or insulin that is not where it should be, or legs that don't keep balance, or a chemical imbalance in your brain that brings about depression, or maybe you have too much belly fat or back fat, or maybe it's infertility, or maybe your arms are too fat, or your legs are too short, or your ears don't hear well, or maybe they stick out entirely too much. Maybe your eyes don't see, or maybe your hands are arthritic. In all of that, you are still beautifully, fearfully, and wonderfully made. So, friends, live well, live blessed, and be healed of your dis-ease.